0: But the thing is, if you don't find a good voucher or if you don't find any voucher, Mm. then what happened? You're very disappointed, right? Either you come back and your vouchers doesn't work and you get these red error messages and you're like super frustrated, or you get like five euros and maybe you saw that there was a voucher with 50 euros or dollars and you're like, whoa, it's not a good deal. Like, it seems like there was someone before me that got $50. And so Mm. suddenly you have a lot more chance to uh, slip away.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Experience, where we give you an inside look behind the top product-led experience. Each week, you'll hear inspiring new examples, hard-earned lessons, as well as uh, strategies that are proven from experts around the world. This is your host, ramley John. And today, I have here Enzo. He is the co-founder and CEO of June.so. It is a next-gen product analytics platform for B2B SaaS. It was part of uh, Y Combinator this big famous uh, startup incubator for uh, different companies that have joined it that are pretty big. Uh, Enzo and his co-founder actually met at Intecom where they worked before, and he is also a self-professed product and data nerd. So Enzo, uh, welcome to be here. I'd love to uh, just dig in how are things with you today?
0: Thanks for having me, Ramli. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. It's the end, end of day here in Europe.
1: Yeah, it, uh, thank you for joining us, even when it's uh, probably time for, I believe it's pub o'clock or the pub hour <laughs> or, uh, over there. So thank you. Really appreciate it. I want to jump in and talk a little bit about your your users. Uh, one of the questions I love asking is around what the success look like for your users and uh, is specifically for June June.so.
0: Yeah, I mean, it means a lot of things, but I think... Uh... I think in uh, at the high level the way we define the success is someone that moves from you know not being very knowledgeable about data analytics to becoming the sponsor of data inside their company that's kind of mm-hmm. the you know wishy-washy definition we have beside that we actually have a more measurable way of understanding if people are successful so we have two measurements for that one is what we call the activation we looked into how many people Uh, complete uh, sequence of milestones. These milestones are, uh, there are three of them, actually. Uh, We look with our own product to do it. So one thing we look at is whether uh, companies set up their account, so whether they connect a data source, that's step one. Step two is what we call the how moment. We look into whether or not they uh, open 10 of uh, the dashboard or reports that we have inside the product in the first week. And the third piece, we look into whether or not they Enable a communication channel within our tool to get notified on an ongoing basis about you know the updates about their their data and metrics. If they complete the three, they're like extremely successful. If they, mm. they complete two, they they're kind of already activated for us.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say you did uh, mention that you uh, use your own product to to bubble this up, which I wanted to show it to folks uh, for people who are tuning via video, video. There's a screen now uh, that shows exactly what you know during the SO looks like around the milestones. And you mentioned those uh, those things, those milestones that you mentioned are now on screen, sign up, set up, aha, and
0: activated. Correct. So you can set up these milestones based on your data. This is a mock workspace with some mock events, but you can use page views or you know, track events, or whatever you want. And then here, what you get is the completion together with uh, the exact name of the people or the companies that haven't completed a specific step. And so it's a very... Nice way, you know, for a startup like us to put a name and a face behind who is activating, who is not activating, and you know it helps a lot to understand, you know, whether it's the right person now is activating or not, and take the follow-up action and things like that.
1: That makes uh, a ton of sense. You, I, I, believe you already mentioned this already uh, in your response. What is your standard for when somebody's like set up is fully set up? Is it when they plug in their data directly, or is there something else yes. uh, you would say?
0: Yes. Yes, in June, it's actually a bit more. Like, you need to connect a data source in a product to make Mm -hmm. it work. But then you also need to have ongoing data. So there are actually two checks that we make, uh, which are the two two ones that I just mentioned.
1: Nice. Okay, that makes a a ton of sense. It's cool that you're measuring it uh, the way that this funnel is as well, because now you can see where the drop-off is. I think that's a really great way to visualize this, is to say, hey, from step two to three, uh, people are are losing it. Uh, I feel like a lot of B2B SaaS companies will find this very useful when they see it uh, in in this way. It's pro- is that probably 100%. something you're, you're seeing with your people who are using you that? saw is that they're like, oh, wow, OK, we need to think about, like, optimize this, this middle gap because there's a huge uh, hole that people are falling
0: through. Exactly and I think I think the temptation when you use funnels in general is just to look into all the micro you know steps mm. and behavior and action that people can take. I think what we what we've heard a lot from early stage founders or you know kind of like business that really want to crack the self-serve motion is that what matters the most is basically just to make sure that at a high level people go through these milestones, right So instead of having a funnel where you can have like 10 steps, what this uh view uh you know kind of like incentivize you to do is to just check a couple of uh checkpoints and so the way you can do that is by making sure that within each checkpoint you have multiple triggers right so you need to be able to combine multiple uh triggers uh you need to have also occurrences like it's not you know enough for people to open your product once but maybe they need to open it uh, 10 times you need also a time limitation maybe they need to open it 10 times within the first seven days, this kind of thing. So uh, all in you know, all, it's a pretty f- different approach from a traditional funnel, but it's uh, I've seen a lot of people coming on your podcast that talk about it. I think it's very, very uh, well understood now.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. I want to jump into the current uh, experience of June.SL for new users. Uh, as I'm bringing this up, you know, as soon as I sign up, uh, there's like three options here. Uh, one of them is just... Welcome to June. Set up June, uh, and then the other option is to invite your team. Go back a data source, uh, and then the third is personalize your experience, and that's when people can schedule their time. But I want to get into is around. There's a button here that says "Not ready." See June in action. I love this because uh, often it takes a lot of trust for people to plug in their data directly into a, a tool like this, and you showing some data. And there's very clear at the top says "Demo Workspace." So that people are not confused that this is not, um, you know, live data from something, or it's definitely demo. Demo. Can you talk a little bit about the, you know, the the journey to introducing a demo workspace like this, and is it is it showing impact in terms of people actually? Oh, it's like oh, this is how this is the value of June. So,
0: yeah. I mean, as I told you, I I put together some screenshots of the the journey we went through. What you seeing now, what you just presented, is the latest iteration, um, which we actually pushed three weeks ago. So oh, it's wow. a bit it, early. Yeah. It's a bit early to say the result, but I can already share some early results. And if you'd like, I can also show you the, the whole journey and how how we arrived to where we are today. Sure, yeah. Let's take let's talk about that that
1: journey, that that change, that that experience here. So uh, I'm going to, you put together like a Figma <laughs> showing exactly the journey, like the multiple stages exactly for it. Uh, feel free to, to share a little bit about what it looked like before and uh, how it evolved to what it is now.
0: Awesome. Yes, yes. I think that's pretty like the main learning for me. Like I moved from being, a, as you said, a product manager to a founder. And in the past, I would, you know, just literally just optimize my signup flow so that more, more people would take it. I would work for, you know, post product market fit companies and just work on that, on that up flow or activation flow, whatever you call it. Uh, I think when I moved to my, uh, to building my own company, I realized that actually you may want to build very different signup flows depending on what is your business goal. And so kind of all the iteration we've gone through have a purpose. They have a purpose, Mm -hmm. which is what we wanted to achieve from a business standpoint. So what you see now is actually the latest purpose we we have. Uh, So it's it's this one here. Basically, um, what we learn is that a lot of the people that come to June are not technical and so Mm. they don't know how to get started. And so what we did is we branched two directions. Interesting. One is set up June, so you can just set it up. And the other one is invite a teammate. Basically, a technical teammate to to help you out. So we don't have the data to you know validate the hypothesis, but we definitely had a lot of uh, quali- uh, qualified you know feedback of people that just struggle on that first page, if that makes sense. So this it is does, what the yeah. second step looks like. Awesome. So this is what the second step look like looks like when you have the data source, and when you don't, then then it comes with that. So that's the end of the story. Now I can I can come backward and tell you a little bit more about how we started and how we landed there. Let's go.
1: Yeah, feel free to jump in. That is a, is a fair uh, hypothesis there.
0: Awesome, okay. So we started around two years ago and we had four uh, iterations. We started from alpha invite-only, mm. then alpha self-served, then beta self-served. You'll see the difference. Then self-served with success assist or customer success assist motion. And then there is a current iteration. So alpha, we had no onboarding. We would just send a URL to someone and they would just use the product. We didn't build right. anything, right? <laughs> and sure. that's how every uh, sign-up flow starts. That makes sense. So, pros, it's fast, nothing to build. <laughs> I mean, not them just... very seriously, right?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Okay, then we had the alpha. Look, this is the alpha. I found the screenshot on Loom. It looks so ugly, but I mean, I'm <laughs> happy we, we shipped it.
1: <laughs> so Let's just get started good, to, to start exactly, getting insights exactly. for first need to connect you due to segment account.
0: Exactly. But you validate some hypotheses, are people willing to connect the data source? You know, one of the hypotheses was that a non-technical person had access to segments or CDPs and was willing to connect it to, you know, a startup uh this is this was really important for us to validate because otherwise the the rest would not happen right if people wouldn't connect the data source so we we validated a couple of things like that i think it's also a first step in the plg like as soon as you build that you kind of like understand that people are going to self-serve so you know you're not building like an integration store where people can connect to some data you're building like a sign-up flow right which is very very different right that makes sense right so then the beta is here. Look at that. Gorgeous, right? <laughs> right.
1: so for people listening very audio podcast, it says great news. June is just started, it's just started receiving your events. And now this three options create account, add sources. Let's get started.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then you can connect multiple sources, which was kind of magical mm. back then. And then we would have like some oh, look, it's still the Lorem Ipsum file, but then we would have some security uh, text it's and key. like some links, exactly links to our security uh, commitments. So what happened here? It was very professional compared to what we had. It was really useful to go up market. So we didn't go to series C and series D on the wall, but we kind of started to work with series A, series B and uh, and you know, they wouldn't sign up on that basically, which makes sense. I wouldn't either. <laughs> it helped us also to try our go-to-market initiative. As soon as we had that, we are like, okay, this is good enough to start pumping a bit of traffic and see yeah. how people behave at scale, right? Here, people are signing up because you're nice and you contacted them. <laughs> Here, people That's go and sign point. up because they actually, yeah, what's your product, right?
1: Hmm, that makes sense. Let's try an initiative. already, it's, yeah, interesting your point around, it's already a little bit more complex. Um, yes. So that is a good point. There's like several things happening all at once.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. ended up like, It wasn't, it wasn't easy. Like, honestly, we started to add so many steps, like our sign up had like five steps, like overnight. It's so easy to collect uh, more information, you know? And there's always someone in the room saying like, I need a job, I need a title, I need a company vertical, I need, you know, whatever, whatever. And so we had these crazy questions. Like one of the questions we had was how much experience do you have with data? Which is completely completely pointless, right? Mm. For us it was at least. So that's iteration number three. Number four is the success assist. So it's what you said earlier, where basically you can book a call. Mm. We have this uh, last step where basically you can take a call. And again, this is Laura Mipsum, but basically we when, when you do that, uh, you know, obviously Superhuman was uh, kind of a big inspiration here. When you do that, you wanna to explain to the user why they get value to opt in in a, in, a, in a call, in an onboarding call with you. What are they gonna get out of it? So here, we, we iterated a lot on the wording to try to get the opt-in uh, booking rate uh, higher. And we were saying things such as, you know, we've done it like a, a million times. Uh, you know, you're going to save a lot of time if you just take 15, 30 minutes with us. And that was usually the case. Like a lot of people would just save a lot of time. Nice. Now, now you see the skip this step button, but the skip this step button came very late. Mm. Actually, in the first iteration, there was no way to skip. So people would either take their call or not, ta- or not be able to access the products.
1: Right, that makes sense. I mean, that's good for learning. I, I find that very very early on, companies should do human assist uh, for new users, especially like those people who are early adopters w- would more likely, you know, be happy to to chat and tell you why they're signing up and how they found you and stuff like that.
0: Exactly, that's the point. Like. We kept that for many, many months. Like we dropped it uh, quite recently,
1: and mm. the reason is
0: because the amount of feedback you get upfront is like amazing. Plus, it's much harder to convince someone to give you some feedback after they start using your product mm. than if, before, true. right? And you can you can always justify and say there is a reason why you know uh, they should talk with you. And, and in fairness, like there is a lot of people to whom we added value. I would say the majority. So it was it was pretty nice duration. I think we, nice. we we got a lot of value from it. So what's next? The next is we allowed people to connect to the product if they didn't book the call. So instead of having to skip the step button, when people wouldn't book the call, we would uh, reach out to them and say, hey, you know, we understand you don't have the time. Here's the link if you, if you want to book the call now. And if you don't, then here is the, the email. Um, Here's a link, a direct link to access the product. And this is kind of the best of both worlds well because you have the people motivated to take the calls and give some feedback that will up in a call with you while, you know, the most sophisticated one or the one that don't have the time or maybe are not native speaker English, things like that. They're going to be very happy to just, you know, uh, use the direct link. That, that, that is very interesting. Yeah, I think, I think that's where a lot of companies have landed. If you look at, um, you know, typically, I, I mentioned Superman earlier. That's what Superman does now. They're going to send you like three, four, five emails and after some point after some time they're going to be like clearly you don't want to talk with someone at superman you know you know what just take that link and and, and use the product and then basically in the product there is a self-serve onboarding which is very very well put but for many many months they didn't have to um you know they didn't have to to build it basically
1: that makes sense that's where the current iteration is now you're you, you're you're talking about the best of both worlds essentially is about you know, people who want to self-serve give them that option and people who need you know who there are some people who will want to talk to somebody and get help through through a human and you're giving them that option essentially with that yeah I want to th- I want to talk a little bit about like you know anything that surprised you through this journey you shared through I love thank you for sharing this five iteration or is there anything that surprised you in terms of learning uh, across this this uh this journey of improving onboarding from from very, very just share the link, <laughs> all the way to now, which is the best of both worlds, essentially.
0: Yeah, so many things. Actually, I prepared that uh, kind of conversation a bit further with some other learning. So, I think, I think there, there are three things that I that really surprised me. So, the first is as I told you when I started in product management, I started in a fintech consumer app company, and the game back then was just reduce the friction as much as we could to increase the conversion rate. Right. Mm. And I think something that I learned is that sometimes increasing a little bit, the friction can actually, uh, bring you better business outputs. Right. So there are a couple of very famous examples. Uh, one that just went viral yesterday on Twitter was the Duolingo example. I think it was shared by one of the, the product people there. Basically, the the test that they did as part of the sign-up flow was, uh, so basically when you sign up on on, on Duolingo and you decide to learn a new language, they will say, okay, we're going to help you uh, you stick to your goal. And you can define your strike goal, so the number of days in a row that you want to to be learning. And so usually it was defined, ticked by default. So the right Mm. uh, version is what it used to be. They unticked it. And what happened when they unticked it, which was an extra fiction, right? Because people are now had to, to click, click something. The, right. to pick something. What happened is that people started to be a lot more uh, bullish on their goal. So maybe seven was was pre ticked People started to click fourteen or thirty. You know, they were like aiming for higher goals. And basically, because they were committing into something, uh, they were kind of binding themselves to something. Then the stickiness drastically improved for the customers. And you know what's the funniest thing in this experiment? The team didn't change anything. Like basically these buttons would do nothing in the products. Right. <laughs> wow, talk about placebo. So it did not absolutely
1: no change in terms of like notifications or things like that when people click on the button.
0: Nope, not in the, not in the first iterations where they saw the, the amazing results. I don't know today where they add, but back then apparently they did nothing, yeah. Which is mm. insane, right? It's a great example, but it's you know it's like the unicorn, right? You right. everyone is looking for this, right? Like very low <laughs> effort, and amazing result, right? Right, right. <laughs> most of True. the time, most of the time, you need to put the work. Mm. That that's another one. Like I mean, we put the call in June. Like when we started June, I was like, we're never going to put an onboarding call, right? Like it's so much friction. And honestly, I reconsider I reconsider this one just because you can deliver so much value in an onboarding call uh, we have people that come to us and they're like, yeah, I'm like, you know, we're five people. We try to reach product market fit. How do we do? And we're like, okay, so you can actually find your personal with analytics. Did you know just look into the most active people and their profile, and you're going to find a pattern and people are like, Whoa, that's amazing. Right. And they would never know that if, uh, if they wouldn't take the call with us or there would be no way that we could educate so many edge cases in the product, especially on the first experience. Right. So there is definitely a lot of, a lot of value there. And I have a last learning coming from my last job. So before Intercom, I used to work for e-commerce company. And one of the things that the company found out, it wasn't my team, it was the ABT test team. They found out that a visible voucher was reducing Mm. the completion rate of a checkout. So this is not a sign up flow, but it's still a a workflow you know, uh, with steps. Basically what happened when you show a voucher field too visible. A lot of people have a FOMO. They're like, I thought I have a voucher. And so they start to go on internet, and they start right, to Google. coupons. Yeah. Yes. I do and that. So they don't find. You do that. Great. Uh, a lot of people do that. Now there are Chrome extensions for that. But the thing is, if you don't find a good voucher, or if you don't find any voucher, mm. then what happened? You're very disappointed, right? Either you come back and your voucher doesn't work and you get these red error messages and you're like super frustrated or you get like five euros and maybe you saw that there was a voucher with 50 euros or dollars and you're like, whoa, it's not a good deal. Like it seems like there was someone before me that got 50 dollars. And so Mm. suddenly you have a lot more chance to uh, slip away slipped away. Mm. So what this company did, which was really nice, is uh they kept the voucher field. Of course you don't want to uh, not have it have any, but they kind of did it just a little bit. So people that mm. were seeking for it would find it, but people that didn't really care who wouldn't see it. Interesting. And that
1: that's makes what sense. I call
0: the that's called why but that's what I mean by when I say that the value isn't always what you think. Mm.
1: That makes sense.
0: Love that. And I have a last morning if you want.
1: Yeah, I love it. Let's, let's talk own. about it. It's yeah. a rippling effect. Right.
0: It's a rippling effect. Okay, this is my first uh, experience in, the, in a fintech company in Berlin. So this is quite interesting because basically what we realized is that there was one step, which was about completing your postal address to get delivered a physical credit card. Right. And when we look at the funnel, the activation funnel, there are clearly a big drop at this step mm. and so we, we were thinking like okay we need to iterate on this postal field it's too complex people don't understand it and the reason why people don't, didn't understand it to give you more details is because there were so many countries you could be from and actually the oh, fields don't look the same depending on the countries like we don't okay. have the same language when it comes to postal addresses and so when we started to dig into that and try to increase the completion rate what we actually realized is that a lot of people actually miswrote the address because of the way the field was organized. Right, And so a lot of people were receiving the card at the wrong address. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. And the problem is that as a fintech company, you're paying every time you generate the card. You pay it to MasterCard, like, I don't know, four or five dollars back then. Mm. And so this had like a huge huge impact on activation, obviously, because if people don't receive the card, they can't activate and start using it. But it was actually super expensive for the company. And it's one it's one of the times where I realized that sometime when you work on this activation flow or onboarding flow, uh, whatever you call it, it's it can have like a drastic business impact or company level impact, even though you haven't suspected it at all.
1: Right. That is so good. Yeah. What was the solution for this one in terms of like I mean, I guess you don't have to reorganize the fields based on the person's location? Is that is that how you um figure Correct. this out?
0: Mm. Correct. On the first step, you, you define on the first step you define your language and then you define your country. Right. You was know, the second step of the sign up flow? And as soon as you define the, 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 the country, then we would adapt the way the fields are called and named uh accordingly. So for instance, in Germany, here what you see the C O, which is the optional field, it's mm. almost compulsory. Like the only way the post person finds you is with it. Whereas in France, like most people will not feel it, like. Usually you have a, an address and a floor, and I mean you don't mm. even need the floor. You just give your address, and that's enough. Not in German. Interesting.
1: Well, uh, this. Thank you for sharing all, all, all of these learnings. In terms of like, what are you excited to try out next? Um, you know, you're now in the realm of best of both worlds. Are, are is there anything else you're excited to try out for future iterations of this experience that you can talk about?
0: Yes. So, I mean, for the onboarding flow, I think uh, right now, what I'm really excited about is, so we, we are product led, but we start to have a couple of enterprise uh, companies, you know, coming in. So now the very interesting thing for us is like, how do we handle these enterprise deals? Because yeah. as you said, a lot of people just expect to talk to you, right? They want to yeah. talk to you. So one of the things we do is, of course, like, you know, people can talk to us on our, on our pricing page, um, you know we have a chat which is always available and uh if you don't have a data source you can you know sales skip the step and and find a way to reach out to us but in fairness our flow is not really optimized for you know these bigger deals Mm -hmm. and so i think now the kind of things we're going to look into is more like you know not only are we are we cater to the you know Product-led, comp- like to the product-led motion, and these companies that want to self-serve and have different, you know, personas—whether they're technical, not technical, whether they have the time, not the time, whether they trust us, don't trust us—we also have to kind of like start thinking about layers of company stages, right? And, and that's right. the next step for us. It's kind of like this extra layer we we put on top of the signup flow. And uh, we started with uh, like a very small, uh, you know, uh, approach. And uh, I'm very, uh, I'm very keen to see where it takes us because. Uh, um, yeah, I know a lot of people just get, you know, pulled uh, away from like their product at motion into, uh, into a sales-led motion. Uh, we work very hard to make sure it doesn't happen. But uh, as we work hard for that, I'm curious to see what are going to be the intermediary, uh, you know, motions, basically.
1: Well, that's uh, super exciting times. Uh, that's all the questions I had. One final question. Where can people find out more about June? And where can people find out more about you if they have questions? Uh, where, where do you want to send them to?
0: uh we're on twitter and linkedin so they can find june on twitter and linkedin june.so and uh i'm also on on, on both twitter is uh, where i prefer to to interact with and uh yeah they can find me on twitter at ozn zero z n e and uh yeah happy to you know help if i can
1: awesome well thank you so much for your time and i appreciate it
0: thanks for having me have a good one